today. Thank you very much. Hey, let's give the worship team a hand as they grab a seat. Such anointed, wonderful worship. And you can all grab a seat as well. So good to be back at Silverwater. Mate, these days I've got to slip Hartley bribes and he, you know, still won't put me on the roster and I'm doing my best to get out here. I, I always love it. So many familiar faces, people that Amanda and I know and love so well, uh, just years of journey together, so many faithful people in the house, so many college graduates, and uh, we just feel this great heart connection with this place. Every time we get the opportunity uh, to come over is absolutely brilliant. Uh, I've got to say, I'm, I'm getting a little bit concerned with um, the, the amount of fishing favour which is on your pastor. Uh, last year he turned up at, at our staff meeting in the morning and he goes, Pat, before the staff meeting I went for a fish, look what I got. And he's got this like huge flathead, not the actual flathead, the photo of the flathead right with him. Yeah, that'd be interesting, wouldn't it? Look what I got, Pat, and he pulls a flathead out of his pocket. And uh, I said, oh, that's where'd you get that? Narrabeen Lake, why don't we go in the kayak next week? So next week, bright and early, we're in my, my double kayak, fishing around the lake. He goes, Pat, let's just go back where I went last time. Sure to be fish there. So we paddle, not just sort of out in this fishing area just off where we were parked, like kilometres down to this spot, this shore spot, nothing. And then he says, don't worry, there's this other spot my mate Cole says is a sure thing. So we go to this other spot, nothing. We go back to the spot that was just off where we parked and we see these guys while we're watching pulling four massive flathead. So we go, okay, next week, let's do it. Next week, bright and early, we're out there on the same spot, fishing away, casting our lures, not a thing. We go home back to my place for breakfast with our tails between our legs, have a bit of breakfast. You know, I head off to work. Hearts has a day off, so he goes, I might just go down again. He stands on the shore, casts the, the, the line out, catches a massive fish. And so I, I've had enough. I'm just not going fishing with him anymore. Um, there's some people that just get too much favor from the Lord, I feel. And uh, Hartley's one of them. Mick's like that, is he? Bit of a fish whisperer. Yeah, I could see that on you. I could see that. Hey, who is excited about the Next Step initiative? Really, really cool stuff. I love this because it is all about helping every person to grow and develop. And it's just looking, where are you at? What can you do next? And, and I just love that there's all these key areas that are looked at in that. Uh, involvement is a huge part of our growth. And so looking at where are you at in involvement, where can you go? Uh, looking at relational connection, such a big deal. Where are you at with your connection at church? How can we take it further? I love also that it's got this training and development part of it. Where are you at in your training and your growth? Where can you go from here? So I just encourage you, uh, you know, the next step bar is just out there, isn't it? You know, be bold, go out, have the conversation, talk about even, you know, where do you think I am? And, and they've got all these things you can look at and, and go, okay, I think you might be here. What do you think? Okay, well, here's your next step. Uh, congratulations, Silverwater, because last Monday night, 20 people took their next step with Knight College. How good is that? 
diving in this great course on Bible interpretation. And, you know, I just want to encourage you, if, if that for you is a next step of growing in your understanding of the Bible, of understanding uh, more about leadership and ministry, to check it out. And it's actually not too late to be involved. Uh, great people. Is, is Jody and Tim around this morning? Out and about, yeah. So Jody was there uh, coordinating on the night, and and Sue's helping make it all happen. Just a great team. So I'd encourage you uh, check it out because it's such an exciting journey to be growing. Hey, I, I'm I, I'm understanding more about God. In fact, when someone asks me those tough questions, I'm not shrinking back, thinking, "Gee, I wouldn't have a clue." I'm thinking, "Wow, I can actually help someone else in the journey of understanding more about God." And so that's all happening. The other area, of course, is our day college, and we're kicking that all off this week. People have come from all over the world, about 100 brand new students, and they've come from over the globe, from interstate. They're all looking bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, and they're ready for this year. So that also could be an option for you for your next step. And that's all creative areas, things like, you know, music, songwriting, vocals like you're seeing up here. What, a, what an awesome part in the life of the church. Uh, could be in the area of performance like dance and acting. Could be doing visual media. Uh, could be painting, visual arts. Might be leadership. One of our most famousest of all graduates, Patrick Uardi. Look at Patrick and Vivian. Extraordinary people over there. Yeah, give them a big hand. In fact, last week they told their story to... Uh, our all-in team night about Connect Group, inspiring, inspiring story. And uh, uh, Leon did three years. I mean, so many graduates amongst this crew. And uh, even that there's unity, there's unity because a night college graduate and a day college graduate just shows that night, light and dark, I think you're the dark side hearts, can come together. So uh, absolutely fantastic. And so in this whole area of next step this morning I get the privilege to speak to you about connect anyone up for that this morning connect relationship community such a big thing in the eyes of God so let's pray and we're going to get into the word about that this morning father in the name of Jesus we ask that you would speak to us by your spirit let none of us leave this place without an eternal impact, without what you have got in store for us, what you have in store for us, why we came today, that we've, we've seen you, we've experienced you in the worship, and now in the Word, you've got something for us. We ask in Jesus' name. And everyone agreed with that said, Amen. Amen. Wonderful. So this whole area of community is so, so, so important. I think probably never more so than the day in which we live. I mean, we are the most uh, technologically connected, relationally disconnected generation that has ever been on the face of the planet. And the marketers know that people are feeling disconnected, don't have a sense of community. So have you noticed the way that they market the mobile devices, that this is going to make you connected. And of course they don't. That's not something that they can pull off. But church, this is our job description. We're in the community and the connection business. 
It's a God thing. And that is such a powerful part of the experience that you and I can have in this community of God and also that we can bring others into that it's just worthwhile spending time looking at this, looking at our own sense of connection, but also how we can impact the lives of others. And I want to look at that firstly by uh, diving into the pattern in the early church in Acts, and then we're going to see the impact, the incredible change, the incredible strength that that can bring into each one of our lives. wonder if I could get you to Acts chapter 2. That sounds pretty early churchish, doesn't it? Acts chapter 2, verse 4. 46 to 47, look at what it says here. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Right? This is church in action. And church in action, we see these two modes of connecting. We see them meeting in the temple courts. And I would put it to you that this gathering here right now is temple courts mode. And in temple courts mode, what do we do? Well, we enjoy the extraordinary worship that we enjoy today. Corporate praise and worship. Now, when I, if I use that term corporate today, don't think corporation, just think together with others, right? Corporate praise and worship is a powerful thing. It's like us with our brothers and sisters. It's us in the army that God's called us to be a part of, worshiping God. And as we lift our voices together, He's glorified in our midst. And that's what we do in the temple mode. We hear the word preached. Uh, we get to pray together. All of these incredible things happen when you're in the bigger setting. But that's not the full picture of church. Because church is also in a house-to-house -house mode. Now, that could be in a house. It could be in a cafe. The thing about it is it's in a smaller setting where some other church things can happen, like the building of relationship, the building of friendship, the getting to know one another, this thing called Fellowship, which is going to be quite a theme of what I'm speaking about this morning, because fellowship is when you know each other well enough to be able to build each other up, where you're able to speak into each other's worlds, where you're able to feel uh, comfortable enough to share maybe of a bit of a challenge in your own world and say, could you pray for me? That's fellowship, that's powerful, and that happens in the house-to-house -house mode. In the house-to-house -house mode, that's where we all discover the gifts God's given us and we get to utilize those in building each other up. That's where hospitality kicks in. Who loves the hospitality bit of church? This, this church would have to be one of the best on the planet in hospitality. I still remember when Amanda and I uh, were here for six months back in the year 2000 and were pastoring uh, in, in one of the stages of this church. And then I think in 2009, for four weeks over Christmas, and 
I just thought there is no church better on the planet in hospitality than this church. And it really kicks in in the house-to-house mode. So if if we don't have both, there is a part of our church community and body experience that is not at the fullest it could be in our life. And that will impact upon us. Now, some of you students of the Bible might know a famous Greek word, which is the word in the Bible that is translated to the English word fellowship. Anyone want to have a go at that today? Yes. Koinonia or koinonia, whatever way you like to say it, you're right. That's one. This is a powerful powerful word and we're going to look at this and see a few of the settings in which it is in the Bible because when you see the implications of it you're going to be thinking I want me a bit of that koinonia. It's mentioned 20 times in the New Testament. Its primary meaning is fellowship, common communion, intimate participation. Intimate means you know one another participation that's not intimate might be where you're just sort of standing on the side and checking things out intimate is where it's relational and you're diving in now one of the first times it's mentioned in the bible is acts 242 let's check that out acts 242 it says they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and to the fellowship Koinonia, and to the breaking of bread, hospitality, and prayer. So they're devoting themselves to the Word, the Apostles' teaching, and that's happening in the service, it's happening in night college, it's happening in all manner of places where there is the bringing of the Word. They're also devoting themselves, the second one mentioned is to koinonia, to the one another stuff, to the I'm going to get to know you where I'm going to let God use the gifts in me to build you up and I'm going to build relationships to the point where I'm going to trust and accept what you're going to speak into my world. Powerful stuff. And it says the breaking of bread. Now sometimes I think we look at the breaking of bread and we immediately go to our communion in church. But you know what it was originally? Having a meal together. You'd have a meal together and you'd still do what we do in communion, which is remember what Jesus did for us. But it was around that meal and to prayer. Now, I think that this is extraordinarily powerful. I have no doubt whatsoever that for Amanda and I, this has been one of the keys for our longevity and the health of our Christian walk over the years. Do you know what the first thing that we uh, came to when we joined C3 Church It was Greg French's Connect Group. Now, some of you might know Greg French. Greg French has been a part of uh, C3 at Oxford Falls for years and years, and he now travels around the world doing men's ministry, uh, but still is one of the mentors and, and speaks so powerfully into many of the young adults in our church. And just going into that Connect Group, it's it's like relationships went on hyperdrive because you meet regularly and when you build that sense of trust and commitment with each other over time and you say you know what and you and you sort of 
let people in a bit. Yeah, you know what? Not doing it so well at work at the moment. I'd appreciate some prayer. That's a bit risky, isn't it? Letting someone in. But then they go, let's pray. And they're awesome. And the next week, how'd you go? It, it just puts you on this course of building deep, meaningful relationships that do you good and keep you healthy. They can even do stuff like, Greg French would do this every now and then, tap me on the shoulder, Pat, a bit concerned about that, what do you think? Oh, okay. But it was okay because I knew he loved me and it was coming from the right place. How good is that? So, <clears throat> this whole area of koinonia, of fellowship, is absolutely essential to what we do, to how we grow. Here's the challenge. Here's the kicker. It's with people. And people, I've discovered, until they get to heaven, are inherently imperfect. And that the journey of sanctification is not done yet. Which means we all, even, you're going to find this hard to believe, even Pastor Hartley and Natalie have no, I know, I know, I knew there would be cries of no from the people. Even they have the capacity to offend, do something that comes out strange, and for there to be a vibe in the atmosphere that can impact relationship. And so I found that because koinonia and its impact is so powerful that the devil does whatever he can to try and cut that relationship, pull us out of fellowship, and often it's through when bumpy things happen in relationships in church. Anyone, anyone, anyone found that right? So, how do you get through that one? Because it's not if, it's when, isn't it? When there's bumpy times in relationships. It's not if, it's when, when there's a situation where we can decide whether to take on offense or not. It's not if, it's when there will be a need for us to exercise our will to choose to forgive someone. It's not if or when that those things could be there. Now, it's not like that's every week. It's, it's, it's week after week is the blessing of fellowship. But every now and then, and probably when you first kick in, like if this hasn't been a part of your journey and you're going, Pat, I think this is a Bible thing, I'm into it, I'm going to go to the next step, I'm going to find out how I can be a part of a connect group, I bet you the devil will have a go at it by trying to cause some problem with relationship. You know, we're not unaware of his schemes, we know how it works, so predictable sometimes. And so, how do we continue to do the journey when it's a bit of a challenge? Well, let me tell you, the answer is this thing, it's the toughest thing that happens on the planet and it is called love. See, many people think love is like fluffy and kind feelings towards someone. I love you. My feelings are like fairy floss towards you. <clears throat> and if it is a feeling, that's why people can say things like, you know, I lost that loving feeling. But, yeah, 
bring back that loving feeling. <laughs> Whoa, no, okay, that's enough. <laughs> that is an alien concept to biblical love. Agape is a choice to act for the good of someone else. Oh, how awesome is that, that Jesus agaped us. When he looked, as Pastor Nat was saying, through eyes of love to us, he was not looking through eyes that were, oh, I'm feeling kindly towards you. His eyes of love is that I am acting to save you. I'm going to take a bullet for you. They were his eyes of love. And so love, when we put on love, it means that all those little bumpy bits along the way that can happen from time to time, you get through because love overcomes. Look at what it says here in John 13, 34. See, this is not new to Jesus. He didn't go, okay, I want you guys to, to hang out together. Oh, far out. I never thought that you guys are going to have problems in your relationship. Look what he says through his apostle John. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. See, I actually don't think that God's got problems with the fact that our koinonia has got a little bit of Brother Bumpy and Sister Sandpaper. <clears throat> because in coming through a relationship with love, we get to exercise that for which we are on the planet. We get to exercise love. We get to choose to act for someone else's good. And it actually is a part of us being who God created us to be. You miss out on that if you don't have opportunities to choose the way of love. So there is, I counted, 16 verses in the New Testament saying you've got to love one another. Was that to people out in the world? No, that was 16 times to the church. And under those 16 times, it's things like this. Show tolerance for one another. Don't judge one another. Accept one another. Bear with one another. See, this love is the foundation for great fellowship. Indeed, that one of love helps us to pull off all of the one another verses. Has anyone ever done a study of the one another's in the Bible? There's 60 one another verses. If you ever want to check it out, just Google it. One and other verses in the Bible, there they all are. Amazing. Do you want to hear a few other one another's? All right. Foundation of love, look at what we can pull off. Be devoted to one another. Build up one another. Be of the same mind with one another. Hang on a minute. Same mind? What, you mean you've got to all think the same? No, 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 no. It's not about uniformity, it's about unity, right? In fact, viva la difference in the church. Let's celebrate it. We're different. We bring so many different things to the body of Christ, but it's all about doing it together. 
I love this. What about this one? Admonish one another. Okay, it was going good so far, Pat, until you said that. I like the encouragement bit. You're doing great. The admonishment bit, you could do better. Don't know about that. However, when it's done in a context of koinonia, what's that? That's where we've built trust and the foundation is a foundation of love. If someone taps me on the shoulder and we've built that level of relationship, it is quite okay that I receive some admonishment. And indeed, like anyone else, if someone admonishes me, maybe at first there's a little bit of a gulp because we don't like it. But yeah, right. Who are you to say that? You think you're so perfect, do you? You know, all sorts of little flesh things pop up. But when we understand it's in this, this foundation of love, then we go, you know what? That's exactly what I needed to hear and it's going to do me good. And because I'm receiving this, I'm going to be more healthy in my walk with God and life. Admonish one another, greet one another, care for one another, serve one another, bear one another's burdens, be kind to one another, comfort one another, encourage one another and show hospitality to one another are just some of the amazing things that happen in the Bible idea of koinonia built on this foundation of love. There is so much that is in yours and my future that is tied up in others. But if we are unable to do a long-term, meaningful relationship with others because we allow things, circumstance, offense to bump us out of that relationship, then all the things that were in store for us down the track in that koinonia, we miss out on. So much health and life and potential. Pastor Phil says this all the time. He says, you know, people say very kind things about me and what I've achieved, but I'm under no illusions. So much of what I achieve is because I am in relationship with others. And he understands his destiny in God is tied up in that. So Psalm 92 says some brilliant things about the power of this long-term relationship. Let's have a look. One of my favorite Bible scriptures. Excuse me. I'm just, oh, look at that. Already poured. Psalm 92, verse 12. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green, proclaiming the Lord is upright. He is my rock. There is no wickedness in him. Wow. Now, <clears throat> a few years ago, I had this uh, uh, student who's uh, an Aussie boy, but with a Lebanese family background. Great, great young man. And incredibly proud of his Lebanese heritage. <clears throat> We're having a conversation one day, and he goes, Pat, you know, most beautiful tree in the world. 
is a cedar of Lebanon. It's the most beautiful tree in the world. And I've got a gift for you. It's a key ring made out of the wood of a cedar of Lebanon. Smell that, Pat. And he goes, that's the most beautiful smell in the world. And I'm going, I'm going, most beautiful smell in the world? In the world, most beautiful. It's beautiful. This tree is beautiful. It's the best tree in the world. And this is the best smell in the world. It's beautiful. And I just, I love that. I just, it's awesome. Anyway, I, I, I've got a photo for you of a cedar of Lebanon. Have a look at this. Uh, isn't that beautiful? Just so this is the imagery. This tree that grows on the heights of this biblical land. And when the roots go down deep, that even the storms of winter, the droughts, it's still lush, it's green, it's growing leaves, it's bearing its fruit, which in the case of a pine tree, tree is those, those huge cones. And it and it's, it's just looks like, it's not, it's, it doesn't have this look like, oh well, cedar of Lebanon here today, gone tomorrow, does it? It just looks like it's there. Right. Compare that with the next photo. Now, that's cute, isn't it? It's a uh, <coughs> bonsai, I think it's a cotoniaster. Probably some people in the room who are gardeners will be able to tell me. And, and you know, I, I think that, that's, um, it's, it's attractive and it's cute, but the thing about it is that it's, its fruit is small. Its leaves are small. And the way you keep everything small is you prune the roots. You keep the roots contained. You don't let the roots go down deep. Because if the roots go down deep, it doesn't stay like that. It grows to be a full-sized cotoneaster dripping with fruit. And it's the same with us. When our roots go down deep, what are those roots? They are the roots of of commitment and the roots of relationship and when when they go deep it's like we're saying I'm in what what if what if something happens and it's a little bit strange doesn't matter I'm in what if I'm having relationship and someone says something that upsets me well it doesn't matter my roots go down deep but so many Christians Maybe because of a hurt in life or an insecurity or something that happened once upon a time, they say, I'm not going to go deep because, you know, if I, if I do that, it's risky. And so they, they become pot plant Christians and they keep their roots in a little contained area and they're kind of just like waiting. You know, if the pastor says something I don't like, it's easy. I got just take my pot and I'll, I'll, I'm out of here and I'll, I'll go over here and, and just stick it there. And, and the roots don't go deep into relationships either because, well, what if I don't want to stay? What if there's some reason that I get upset? If I put roots down deep into relationship, then that's going to be hard to go. So I just won't put roots deep into relationship and, hop, they said something I don't like, and it'll just pop up and, you know, I'll go to this little church over here. And the problem with that mode of operation is the fruit is so small. And that thing that God created us to do and be, which is that we would be someone who would glorify Him, 
and we would bear fruit that lasts forever, it doesn't happen. That has happened in koinonia. Deep relationships. Deep commitment. And then that word thrive kicks in. Flourish kicks in. I want to flourish in the house. Does that mean <coughs> that uh, you're going through life and there's no hard times? Oh, no. <laughs> Just going to be alive for a little time to realize that there's usually some challenge on the landscape, right? But we can thrive and flourish regardless. In fact, it says in there that even when we are old, that we can still bear fruit. How good is that? We don't get old and slowly go, oh, well, I don't have a place. I'm just going to retire. I'm not. No, no, no. We can get older, refire, be a blessing, build the church, make disciples, all of that comes from this foundation. So I want to encourage you this morning that if you haven't got that, that context of koinonia, if you don't have that mode of the temple and house to house, to check it out, have the conversation of how that can begin to happen. Because what happens in connect group is relationship, accountability, that is one of the best things that we can have. Prayer, encouragement. We get to discover our gifts. Someone will disciple us. Someone will develop us in leadership and ministry. It will take us on a journey which is the greatest Bible journey there is, and that is being a disciple of Jesus to know Him more and to become more like Him. So how do you do this? If you've never been part of a connect group, or you were once, but I don't know, the busyness of life, stuff happened, and it's not been on the landscape for a while, I want to encourage you. Here's the action. Go and have a chat about it. Because there will be a group somewhere, somehow, that will work. And you'll be able to get the koinonia happening again and the difference will be remarkable. Maybe the step for you is you've been going to a connect group, but it's time to sprout your wings and become a connect leader. Oh my goodness. Well, next Sunday, as we've heard, after church is connect leader training. There will be food and Sign up for that. Talk to your connect leader. Can I do the training? Come to the training. And let's get this church being a church which is, is small communities everywhere that meets and is big community on the weekend. Maybe you were a connect leader and for some reason you're not leading a connect group anymore. Perhaps it kind of dwindled in size and you got a bit discouraged and thought, nah, not going to do that anymore you just got busy and work didn't allow it get back up on the saddle because there's nothing more exciting than making disciples yeah it's got its ups and downs yeah sometimes people 
frustrate you other times. They bless the socks off you and it's all part of this glorious journey that we take other people with us on the journey of knowing Jesus more and becoming more like him. Rekindle the koinonia, amen, would be the most powerful thing that we could do. Let's pray as we finish this morning. Father, we thank you for your incredible vision of the church and the way that you have designed the church to operate. That the church is not something that we attend, but it is this glorious community, this body of Christ that we participate in. And Father, wherever we are today, that you would enable us in the name of Jesus to do a journey of diving in further, of coming in more, of connecting better than we ever have before. Maybe a really brave decision because there was a hurt sometime in the past. And it's not a small thing, but today we make a gutsy choice to re-engage, to dive in again, to be a part of this incredible thing called fellowship. No, just while our eyes are closed this morning, I want to ask a really important question. Now, you might be here this morning and you're hearing me talk about something, this, this fellowship concept as being something about people who already know Jesus are doing, that they know Jesus and they're meeting together. But maybe you're here this morning and you've never actually taken that first step where you've asked Jesus to be your Lord and your Savior. At the moment, you don't have that personal relationship with Him. Well, this morning, you can take that step. And it would be my honor and my privilege to pray with you to do that. Or maybe you're here this morning and you once knew Jesus, but it feels like over time you've drifted away. He feels distant. And this morning you're thinking, I want to come back. That I need to come into relationship with him again well if that's you we can pray for you as well maybe you're here today and if i was to ask you this question if you were to die today do you know for sure that you would go to be with god in heaven and if your answer to that is look i i, I hope so or i i think so today you can know so. Because one of the things when we have relationship with Jesus is His Spirit gives us certainty about our salvation. So if that is you this morning, either coming to Christ for the first time or coming back or wanting to be certain of your salvation, just while everybody's got their eyes closed, I want you to do something really brave. Just put your hand in the air. That's saying, Pat, I want you to pray for me this morning. I want to come to Christ. I want to know Him. I want to come back or I want to be certain of my relationship. And you might be seated there today just thinking, well, I, I, I think that's me, but I'm, I'm a little bit like scared of putting my hand up, a bit embarrassed about that. Could I just say, don't be embarrassed. This is the most powerful step, the most important thing you could ever do. So if that's you, 
Just be bold, put your hand up, and it would be my privilege to pray for you this morning. Thank you, Lord. My God, you're awesome. Could I just ask everybody to look to the front, and indeed, let's all stand together. And as we stand, I'm going to pray for an application of this word in our hearts. Let's just open our hearts to Him with that sign of lifting our hands. It's like we're saying, God.